0: Hey there, it's Jeff, the host of the Mind Access Connection. It's a series of empowering conversations with purpose-driven, impactful experts from across the world. Join us as we discuss the realm of personal growth to provide you positive and actionable insights into self-improvement. Let's do some introductions. Elvis, um, who are you? What do you do now?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me being a first guest on this thing. Really appreciate it. Yeah, so, great you, yeah, I'm a calisthenics athlete and, and a trainer. I also, I'm musician. I published a science fiction book, and um, am I forgetting something? <laughs> I'm a musician. Yeah, that's what I do. And I got my own podcast on YouTube and a rumble.
0: Yeah, your podcast is awesome. And so, for everyone that's joined, I was a guest on Elvis's podcast. That's how we met, and uh, we had a fascinating conversation about pretty much everything. I think it was about two hours, and it was just really, really good. We've kept in touch since then, and it's been awesome. And that's how this happened. So I wanted to have a meeting where I could share people that are knowledgeable to the world and to my audience too. Hey, Izzy, how are you? Hey, Raphael, how are you going too? Good to have you here, guys. And I wanted to share someone with great expertise. And so for our very first episode, we're going to be using uh, the topic of purpose and how it builds into self-belief. So... Elvis, what does purpose mean to you and how have you discovered your purpose per se?
1: Hmm. Well, I, th- I think it's one of the most important things in life you need to figure out. Hmm. As a, I remember years ago, I think I was in my early 20s or so, I remember this, of all people, a politician, he actually went to South America, did some, you know, palm medicine that kind of stuff over there. And uh, I actually met, ended up meeting him at some point. And he said this one thing that if you don't know what your life's purpose, you don't give meaning to your life, you're going to waste so much energy along the way. It's the biggest waste of energy that can be. So that stuck with me throughout the years. And it's true. I mean, if you, if you obviously, life is just to be lived. There's n- <laughs> you give life purpose and meaning. You find it along the way. But if you don't have that, you're just going to go from nowhere to nowhere, wasting energy, you know. So it's super important.
0: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right there. with um, Without knowing a clear destination of where you're headed and how you're going to do it, you bounce back and forth purely because you're stuck in a state of chasing. It's where, you know, you're affixing meaning to things that are external things that are on the outside, like it might be money, it might be nice clothes, it might be having a really good house, whatever it is, rather than following your own path that you know you're capable of in the inside. And that's where there's so much sabotage and there's so much incognition in between the two, so much dissonance purely because we're not following what we already know.
1: Yeah, and those things you mentioned, like chasing money, having a big house and all these small pleasures in life, those are just uh, substitutes for having the satisfaction of doing what you love in life and having purpose in your life. You know, if you don't have any purpose of, of, in your life, then you're going to chase all these things. And it's not going to give you that that real satisfaction you get from actually doing something meaningful in life. You know, bringing into meaning, how you've mentioned meaning there, right? For
0: For many people that might not have a purpose or they're still searching for their purpose, why do you think that it's important for someone to chase meaning because, you know, if you talk to a nihilist, a nihilist might say there's no reason to do anything because, you know, nihilism, we live in a world where everything means nothing. What is the purpose of adding meaning to things? What does that do to anyone's situation?
1: Well, it is true that nothing on the outside has an really intrinsic meaning apart from the meaning we give it to, to it, you know, like your job and all these things around us. You give them meaning, right? Even money, it's just something we agree on, that it has a certain value. I mean, it's, it, it's not because it actually has the value, it's just the value people give it. And, um, sorry, what was the question? I totally lost it. Well, the, the question was, say
0: if you were speaking to a nihilist or you were speaking to someone that oh, yeah, didn't that's... have that ulterior meaning, yeah, how would you explain the importance of meaning and why would, why would that be something that someone would want to chase anyways?
1: Yeah, I I remember a few years ago I was thinking of that. And uh, it does seem like nothing has really meaning. But then, if, if you come to this conclusion that nothing has meaning, then what do you do? You know, we either end up like, like you say, like a nihilist, like, fuck it all, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but try to think of, for example, all the times you fell down and someone helped you out, how how that may, made you feel, you know, how important it was in your life. Like, if I look back in my life, when I was struggling, even the last six months or so, you know, it's been like a crazy transformation for me. And uh, all, this, all these people that came to my life, even my friends who helped me out, all these people that I always used to look up to, who had such a great impact in my life, like. When I was younger, it was Jean-Claude Van Damme, Bruce Lee, and later on David Goggins, orichal, and all these, you know, people, and Joe Dispenza or whoever, you know, you're obviously gonna have your own favorite people and people who you look look up to. But the impact they had on me, how much they helped me, and like, damn, that's that's pretty powerful. So I end up coming to a conclusion that the only thing that really has Certain, like, great value and something we should strive for. It's just helping other people, you know. And how can you help people in the best way possible? Well, through the things you're good at and things you love doing, you know. You can be do- good at something that you don't like doing, but then you don't to be like, not gonna give it all, you know. If you love something, that's something that you do, you're good at, and it brings value to people's life, it helps them on their way when they're down or and they want to achieve something, and it just helps them, then, man, I think that's the best thing we can do, really.
0: I absolutely agree with you. It's, uh, it's why I do what I do. It's because, you know, like helping other people, helping them understand where they're at and helping them pull them through something that you've been through is an amazing feeling of fulfillment. Because, as you know, you know everyone's been through tough times. You've been through tough times. You mentioned just then I've been through tough times too. There's always been someone there to, to pull us out. Right. In some way or form, there's always been someone that was telling us, you know, we should stop doing this, we should stop doing that. And whether we listen or not, is a different matter. But when we come to the other side of it, and we've been through that journey, that's when we can understand that we can help pull other people out of it too. Because, you know, imagine a world, I know this is a utopian thing that we're talking about here, but imagine a world where we had ultimate community. where We had people always helping each other on and providing positive value. Could you imagine what that would look like? It would be amazing absolutely easy we're all connected in some way or form you know we're all interconnected we're all the same race but we're divided based on ideology but if that purpose you talked about it's about a naturalistic human purpose it's about community and it's our natural roots and it feels like for the most part it's kind of been forgotten as we've flown into this you know quick technological advancement but also it can be used as an avenue for purpose because what we're doing right now we're talking to community right we're creating community and it can be used twofold, depending on your intention.
1: You know, at the end of the day, the only thing that keeps civilization from collapsing is just the love between us. You know, it might, like Elon Musk, you know, said in when he was on first time on Joe Rogan's podcast. It might sound corny, but love is the answer, <laughs> and it's true. Well, love is like an energy, right? It's um, it's like an energy between
0: people not just necessarily you know love is being romanticized we we think about it because of the love movies romantic movies you know all the corny stuff that we have but if you come to its core love can be you know looking after your child it can be calling up a friend it can be taking the time to listen to someone that is what love is because you're investing your energy into someone else it doesn't always have to be valentine's chocolates love is not a commercialized thing love is a connection and you're absolutely right that is the harmony of the universe
1: I wish it was mainstream (laughs) and everything, you know? (laughs) Just like, uh, yeah, like you said, the Valentine's Day chocolate and all that stuff. But love, like why I was talking about, is something way more important and way more deeper. A lot of times we confuse love with attachment. You know, like, I can't be with this person. My heart's breaking and all that stuff. That's attachment. Love is being there for other people and not wanting anything back or even helping them just because it feels you good. It's being there for them. its It doesn't have an opposite. It's, it's really the most powerful thing we have.
0: It's unconditional, right? It's like giving without expecting. And I know exactly what you mean because we, we've kind of been conditioned into this world where we take to get something we have to, to give and take and things like that. And it's something that is quite new. It's quite new. If you look at our ancestral times, it was all about community. It was all about helping out your fellow team it was all about helping out your village right that's how we lived but now love is about writing a nice car some chocolates money things like that and it takes away the intention of what it means to really be there for someone not when they're just having the good times but when they're in the tough times too because that's what it really comes down to
1: yeah that's very true
0: so coming back to to purpose right and coming back to love how do you feel like all of that combines for you in terms of what you do i mean doing the podcast doing your calisthenics training, you know, how, how do you tie that all together?
1: <clears throat> like I said earlier, you need to find something, you know, like it's this concept, Ikigai, we talked about it between us. Um, so basically, for those who don't know, in on Okinawa, or the Japanese islands, they have this concept called Ikigai. So basically, it's like your purpose of existence, basically. And it has... Four attributes: voice. Um, some it has to be something you're good at, something that people need, something that that can make you money, and something you love doing. If there's a thing in your life which has all these four attributes, that's your ikigai. And honestly, I can't imagine anything better than that. It's something that you love doing, that helps other people. You know, you can make a living out of it. It's great. So. Yeah, finding that is important. And for me, like I said earlier, I was thinking like, if there's no meaning to any, anything, what do I do? Obviously, helping other people, feel something that I'm good at. And I just happen to be fairly good at calisthenics. You know, got the knowledge. I, you know, can do a human flag and one-arm pull-ups. Just training for like a um, push-up challenge. Going to do by the end of April. Going to do three thousand push-ups within a few hours. You know, stuff like that. So you know, uh, I enjoy doing that. Uh, I got my certification years ago and it's a good way to help people, you know, because, you know, people are so unfit these days. <laughs> so yeah, you gain get, the health back, you know, and trying to constant is a good way to get into it. Cause you know, you don't need to have gym or anything, nothing expensive. You can bang out if you got like one by two meter space you can bring out bang out a great workout. You know, so it's meaningful to me, it's meaningful to others. That's why I do it. Now mm, with the podcast also um it was partially also a way for me to express myself properly because I had issues with that in the past. And uh, it was honestly starting podcast was one of the best things I ever did. You know, I got to meet Great people like yourself have great conversations. All people are like man, where do you find a, such great guests? <laughs> you know, and like you know, good conversation that get value out of it. So that's you know, that's really good. And uh, with my music and my book, uh, basically my art, it's also bringing some love and uh, love, beauty and truth in people's lives the things
0: that, that I love doing, and it's great. And that's exactly right. You've combined what you love doing with what how you provide value to others. With the ikigai, I found that quite funny, Elvis, because um that particular concept. I put a post out of it on uh, LinkedIn, and I actually got a bit of a scolding from this man called the ikigai guy. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. He's the ikigai guy, and he told me that this. I actually learned from this some research onto this, is that uh, while well, ikigai as we know it. He is a westernized drip fed version. Like, you know the four diagrams of Ikigai? Mm. According to him, he gave me this full understanding, I quite liked him, I learned from him, is that um, it's all about compartmentalizing different areas of purpose, which is not actually the accurate version of Ikigai. According to Japanese literature, the accurate version of Ikigai is about a feeling. It's about a gut feeling, it's a gut intuition it's an understanding of who you are and you need to follow that pull. Mm-hmm. So it's like he was saying that everything that we look at in Ikigai is a rationalization of emotion. It's a rationalization of who we are that we try to compartmentalize and put into a role within society. But that kind of draws away from Ikigai itself, which is an expression of the self. It's about picking up who you are and following onto that. So I thought that was mm. quite interesting.
1: Yeah. It makes sense to be honest. It like, mm. It's it's interesting that uh, these things that I do in life, whether it's calisthenics or in the past, of the martial arts, or the things that I'm interested in, you know, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm interested in. But when I first encountered them, I kind of felt like this is it, you know. I have, like you said, like a feeling like I want to learn more about this. I want to do this, and now that I can look back years later. Like, yeah, these things that I felt so strongly about them when I when I encountered them, those were the ones that played a huge role in my life and still do. And to what you said about the Ikigai, yeah, there should be a feeling about it. Like, yeah, this is my purpose. This is what I want to do. And this is meaningful to me. But even for a normal person, if they just look at the four attributes, it's a good start. You know, it's better than just Living paycheck to paycheck, living to work, working to live, you know, and distracting yourself with minor pleasures of life. And
0: that's that's really a big one there. That really takes away from following your purpose. That's not to say that purpose does not have pleasure to it. Purpose has fulfillment, would you agree? Yeah. It it gives you fulfillment, but fulfillment is about understanding that it's ups and downs, but you're always trending upwards because you're following your path. But pleasure is about living an existence of where everything is about grabbing for happiness. And you know that was me in the past, when I used to be a drug addict for about eight years, I was always living for pleasure, always living for happiness. And it left me feeling completely sad. So you know, purpose, would you agree with this, is that it's about following your path, following what you see as your vision, and keeping to it, whether there are struggles, because you realize that you're not chasing an outcome, you're not chasing a happiness, you're chasing a feeling, you're chasing the creation of something that you felt within yourself.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and that's how I would
0: define purpose. Here.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's not like some like even when you many times when I speak to someone and they see how I eat and all that stuff and they think that I live like a monk and I'm like um, how to say it I don't give myself the pleasures I could give myself you know and it's like no the, it's the opposite that's true you know just because I don't eat donuts and smoke and all this drink every weekend um, I have other pleasures in my life which are not um, damaging to me you know what I mean Instead of- yeah, I mean, if I eat a healthy meal, I feel good afterwards. It doesn't mean that it has to taste shit or something. <laughs> you, know, you can make it feel taste really good at the same time. It's gonna make you feel good. You're gonna be healthier, and over the long term, that's just gonna help you do all the things you want to do in life.
0: And that's a, that long-term happiness. You know, you're looking not at having momentary things like a like a donut, right? Which is exactly. a huge burst of dopamine. Tastes good. But guess what? You're gonna feel sick because your blood sugars gonna rise and you're gonna fall. You know it has bad, negative consequences. But let's say, for example, in that case, you know you're eating healthy food at the time. It's gonna make your body feel good. It might not taste as good as those processed foods, but it's gonna make you feel good in the long term. And then you can do more and you can build more with your life.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's no point when you know you're eating all, the, all this crap and then you can't really walked up the stairs or something but you know (laughs) about this i mean that's no good
0: no i understand i understand that back in the day um when i was really struggling with my addiction i used to eat junk food every single day i did this for a couple of years go to mcdonald's go to what's the equivalent of burger king here right and every day i just eat that at night late at night too like at midnight right And I don't think my body has ever felt that awful in my entire life. You feel slow, you feel lethargic, you can't think. Everything just feels horrible. But when you bring it back to a center of health, everything changes. Everything is much cleaner. And then once you change that, and you're mentioning about eating good foods, these are all positive habits. And it's not an an overnight process. It's probably something that's taken you years to build up. This is how you've always been.
1: No, definitely not. I mean, I grew up in Slovakia, you know, and over there, like, they have no idea about, you know, healthy foods and stuff. Like me, I mean, the traditional things that people eat over there, you know, it's lots of processed stuff, lots of animal-based stuff. So that's why I grew up eating as well, you know. But later on, that's why I started learning. Especially once I read uh, two books on Ayurveda, that's for like, okay, this is how you actually eat healthy and stuff. And as I started transitioning to eating more plant-based, eating more whole food plant-based mainly, I mean, cutting out processed food and eating whole food, that's, that's gonna make the biggest difference, right? As I did that, I started being healthier. You know, like as a kid, I used to have always stomach problems and I would get ill multiple times a year And all that started going away is I started eating healthier. Now, these days, my stomach never aches or anything. You know, I'm not very often ill. Even if I do, it's pretty minor. So it made made a big difference. I feel good. You know, I can train and do all the things I want to do.
0: And it's, yeah, and it would make a massive difference by just changing the fuel that you put into your body. And then you have a different outcome. You can do more. It's um, mm-hmm. the same for myself as well. Since I started picking up exercising every single day consistently, a lot has changed for me. You know, like I can do huge runs without even feeling tired. Like Even when I drive in a car sometimes and I drive in the same mood, I think, wow, I can't believe I'm running that. But I'm doing it without any struggle. And it's, um, it's something you don't notice. But over time, like for me, it's been six months for you. It's been years. You start to just build a brand new human being. And, you know, that's what's really interesting when we look back at purpose is that once you're aligned to that particular path, you start to build a different person. You start to make deliberate actions based on something that's so core within because you're not hiding anymore. You really know what you're going after, and you're deliberately picking things that help fuel your mission. Like for you, being able to do your podcast, being able to create music, write books, all of this requires energy, focus, attention, time. And these are metrics you have to balance. And if you're not properly fueled, and you're intentionally picking things that are sabotaging you, then that's costing you the outcome you seek.
1: Yeah, definitely. And everything's connected. You know, some people, mm-hmm. when you tell them the way they eat, it's going to affect even their, their mental states. You know, uh, they're feeling thin down or they're focused, and all sudden they're like, "Really? Like, how do you not know this? <laughs> Why did not teach you in school this stuff?" <laughs> of course it does. I mean, if it affects your inner organs and the way your body works, your chemistry, of course, is going to affect your brain as well. And in, in fact, speaking of that, there was a TED talk that, that I've heard a while ago. And a scientist, she was talking about treating depression and anxiety with high doses of vitamins. And, vitamins. Mm-hmm. and it worked probably even better than uh, SSRIs and that kind of stuff. You know, so there's definitely value to that. And does affect the way you function, you know? And if you don't have your health, then you don't have anything. You can't do all the things you want to do in life, whatever that may be.
0: Have you ever heard of someone called Sad Guru?
1: Yeah. He's
0: pretty yeah, famous so he... these days, isn't it? Yeah, he's gone huge. Like a couple yeah. of years ago, I was watching his videos and like no one knew him at the time. Now he, uh, he recently did an episode on Joe Rogan's podcast. And it is, have you
1: listened to the episode? No, not yet.
0: Oh, man, I would recommend it. It is an amazing episode. He actually doesn't, he leaves all the spiritual stuff out, but he talks just about topsoil. And Mm -hmm. he says that right now across the planet, we have the biggest agricultural problem that we've ever had in our entire history, but no one knows about it. So what's happened is that we have commercialized farming and we've poisoned the majority of the soil on the planet, meaning that the soil that we have, only about the first couple of meters is actually where 70% of all life on the planet lives in that topsoil, including us, we live on the top. And we have completely destroyed and rubbished it through agricultural methods. And now what we have is we have a problem in the next 60 years, there's not gonna be any more soil that has something called micronutrients. So for plants to have any kind of nutritional value, they need to absorb minerals on the ground. Unfortunately, all of our soil has no minerals. So the plants and the, the meats we eat, they're basically nutritionally light. So we have to consume more. And the more we consume, well, you know, the more we grow horizontally, right? So that's the real problem that we're facing. And he was really talking about this is that, well, food has no nutritional value anymore. So we supplement with supplements, but by doing that, it doesn't account for the fact that we're still losing all that extra nutritional value. And that's why a lot of people have mental illnesses, not entirely the case, but this is one of the reasons, health issues, diabetes, and uh, even with a certain pandemic, um, having an issue with your lungs, so lacking, I think you mentioned with vitamin A, majority of people without proper vitamin A are susceptible to. Sorry?
1: It was vitamin D.
0: Vitamin D? Yep, susceptible to upper respiratory illness. And that's something that's commonplace across the entire globe.
1: Yeah, the day is a really big issue. I yeah. mean, uh, big comp- corporations thought that they we would, they would be able to grow more and more nutritious, nutrition food by, you know, using all, all these chemicals. They use pesticides, herbicides, and all that stuff. Fired on us, and like you said, it's it's basically on life support. You know, you destroy it all the chemicals, and now to, now to keep it alive and grow something, you need more more of those chemicals. So it's a vicious circle. But Fortunately, um, for those who are interested, they can check out Zach Bush. Dr. Zach Bush is a great guy, and there are efforts to uh, regenerate topsoil and start agriculture that is actually sustainable, organic. You know, and if if you can buy organic, always it have more nutrients and also less of those herbicides, pesticides, and all that stuff. So it's pretty important to support you know, that kind of uh, agriculture.
0: We definitely need to have more, though. we need to have more organics. The, the only problem, Elvis, is that now uh, because of the fast, rapid way in which we're producing food, it's creating a problem where we're creating nutrition-like food to suit many different types of cultures, right? so like fast food, for example. They would never, ever use organics. They would just want to use the cheapest GMOs. And then the problem is, is that they keep the prices low because everything is low up the entire chain. But then you have a massive obesity epidemic, you have a massive health epidemic. And it's like, how do, we, how do we stop that? How do we influence that? I don't think we can, apart from just on an mm. individual level, is just saying, you know, we're gonna choose to consciously eat something that's better for our body or drink things that are better for our body rather than sugar, just drink plain water, you know? Things like that. And especially with GMOs, um, my background in biotechnology, what, everyone is very pro-GMO in the biotechnology field, as you might imagine. But the one thing that always worried me about uh, GMOs is they've only been around for about 30 to 40 years. We have no idea what they actually do to us. There's not been enough studies, especially in terms of wide scale consumption. They've only been used for the past fifteen years. So we have no idea. So organic is definitely the best way, to go. so I agree with that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I and mean, GMOs are and that's that's the thing, it's a it's problem of the mindset that we have in the West still. You know, it's this idea that with science and technology we can we can do whatever the hell we want. And mm. if you look at the lot past 120 years, give or take, it always backfires on us. You know, just like like we were saying, we thought that we will grow more food by using all those herbicides and chemicals now with GMOs and Roundup and all that stuff. And it's backfiring. It's giving us cancer. Uh, soon we probably won't be able to grow anything properly unless we change stuff. So this kind of idea that we can change everything just the way we want, it should uh me to abolish that you know it's me um, to learn from nature how it works and try to replicate it you know that's a much better way
0: exactly. we need to harmonize with it at the moment we're playing God with nature, and you know it has its limits because we only have a man made design we don't have you know a god made design, and whenever we play with different things, we don't understand how that influences different structures within nature, which was there before us sort of think we could possibly fine tune something that large, something that intricate is kind of like self-aggrandizing in a way. But um, I kind of wanted to segue back to purpose. I feel like we've gone a bit on a tangent, but we always do that, don't we? It's all all related, it's all related. But I wanted to kind of ask about self-belief. So, you know, we're talking a lot about purpose before. We're talking about how, you know, it gives us that design. It gives us something to work towards. It fills us with meaning in life. How does that for you relate to self belief?
1: Well, I'll be honest with you, I, I've been struggling with that a little bit, you know, in the past. Mm-hmm. And I, just recently I also figure like, damn, the way I see myself, many subconsciously, is not that great, you know. So that's something I'm working on. Uh but one thing uh, even if you figure out something like this, it's an invitation for you to improve yourself and to figure things out Because you know, a lot of, a lot of times when we have beliefs that oh I will never be able to do this or you know, I'm just not the kind of person like just look deep deep into yourself like where does this come from? You'll probably figure out that it's probably some 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 random stuff from childhood. You know, either your parents were like, oh, no, you don't don't deserve this. Now you internalize this and it's affecting your entire life, even 30 years later. (laughs) You know? So, uh, it's really important to look inside, you know, what's there. Because uh, the beliefs that you have, that's the only limiting factor. It's not that you actually can't do something unless you literally physically don't have both arms and legs or something you can do anything in life if you want to if you put your heart and mind into it you can do everything you know that's something that I've learned at, at least on an intellectual level like fairly early on in my early teens or so when I started doing martial arts you know like I listened to or read um, Bruce Lee and all that stuff I was like man. I can really achieve great things if I want to, but really internalizing it, that's a bit more difficult, you know, to get to a subconscious programming. So like I said, the only limitations that are there is in your mind. And you need to figure out where does it come from? Is this true? Is this not?
0: And, you know, when you mentioned um, those internal limitations in your mind, it, it, Does primarily come from childhood, it primarily comes from childhood rejection experiences. Um, As a child, we tend to extrapolate events. I was recently reading Mastery by Robert Greenigan, one of my favorite books, and he talks about extrapolating childhood events. So, between the ages of one and seven, we're like sponges and we absorb everything because we, well, it's just the way we are. We're programmed to learn from our parents. So, we look at things as a child in an extremely positive light. We always give it a positive spin because as a child we give everyone a superhero effect because we are inferior and they're dominant, right? But as we begin to grow older, the way we look at things changes. So when, for example, someone that we give a superhero effect to gives us a negative consequence like a scolding or a rejection, we place a negative spin on it. And in neuroscience, we attach something called a neurotoxin. So that particular memory passes through our amygdala, which is our emotional rationalization center. And attaches a little neurotoxin so that every time in future, we feel that event coming up again. Let's say it was um, being told off for running out up the stairs, right? If we feel that, we can actually extrapolate that event onto future events. And it's not something we do consciously, but it's completely subconscious, as you mentioned, because it's stuck within us with that neurotoxin. So every time that we do that, we feel that regulation of fear. And that's how that limitation comes through. And then if you look at the rest of our lives, the key there is finding the blind spots. And it's something that I work with people with a lot. It's going really back into the past because once you figure out that inner child, you figure out where that rejection happens and that fear starts, you can change your whole life. And I know this because I've done it. You you can change your whole life. I'm not to say that I'm perfect. I'm still working through it myself. But for me, an example would um, would be putting myself out there, right? I used to be so afraid, Elvis, of even making a Facebook post. Literally, I used to be so afraid of... Yeah, man, like I was so afraid. And now I do it three times a week, right? But like, and I do things like this. I do lectures at universities. But the thing is, is because I had to understand where the fear comes from. And once you isolate your fears, that's when you can build up your self-belief. Because they come as one. The less fears, the more fear... You can't really say you can delete fears but you can continue to push beyond them. And the more you push beyond your fears and you can physically and visually understand that you've made progress, you build up the self-belief. And that's when you can really make strides towards that purpose, because you know that you're capable of it. Every time you defeat a fear, you're moving forward. It's like defeating a different character, a different boss in the game. You're leveling up every time.
1: Yeah. I mean, you said you were scared of posting stuff. When I was a kid, for example, my parents would be like, oh, don't be too loud. You know, when mm. I was at school I would say something people would you know laugh at me and stuff like that they would laugh at my name as well as you can imagine you know bully me a bit for that because you know Elvis is not a very common name is it <laughs> especially in East cool New <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow. I mean God, they have it. uh, people remember it now you know but yeah. back then you know small kids so I, I was getting the message that uh, expressing myself talking is not safe It's better to be quiet. Mm. So even for me, just doing something like this, doing a podcast, doing a talk, all that stuff, it was freaking hard, you know. But gotta overcome this stuff. You know, I realized that I'm not this small scared kid anymore. I can do what the fuck I want. You know. Oh yeah, bro. That's it. And this stuff. Doing this live, doing all the stuff that I do, it's meaningful to me. It's fucking worth it. So why would I, why would I not do it? You know, obviously it's you gotta overcome yourself a little bit. You know, but once you've done it one time, next time it's gonna be a bit easier. Yeah. You know?
0: And that's where um, you know a lot of the time, especially this is linking back to purpose, right? What you've mentioned just there is brilliant because every time that you make a step and you're passing through a different gate. You're pushing and expanding your boundaries and it's becoming easier. You find more challenges. You find more difficulties. But this is all building up the Elvis, right? This is building up the who. And this is something I talk about a lot is that purpose is never what you do. Purpose is who you become. It's literally who you choose to become and your experiences that build you up. And in terms of what you're saying about how you're moving forward every time, imagine the you in the future that's moving through these and providing value with your podcast, doing IG lives, whatever it is, man. Like, if you're building yourself up internally, you can make changes in the external world. And that's not to say we have to, but it's normally a consequence, because when you make such deep changes on the inside, everything changes around you. It's just a natural result.
1: That's very true. Especially, like I said earlier, the last six months in my life, huge transformation. And, you know, by figuring things out, everything everything has changed in my life to the better.
0: So where does it go from here, obviously You know, like now, now you're kind of on the path of purpose. Now you're on, you know, feeling that self-belief really bringing you up. Where, where does it go now? Where does it take you? Like where where do you plan to really make this
1: grow towards? I don't know, maybe moving to Mars at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, uh, I definitely go okay on with all, all the things that I'm doing, you know, and I feel like... Um, between where I want to be and where I was, I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, I'm way better yeah. than I was before, but still a lot of work to do. So obviously, I'm going to carry on with my podcast. I just ordered a new microphone for it today. Okay. Oh, because uh, so. I, yeah, I, even when I started the podcast, I actually started started with like the minimum equipment you can imagine. <laughs> you know, because I almost started a podcast the year before, or one half year before that. But we wanted to make it super perfect on the first one, and it and never got published. So this time, I'm go- I was like, I'm going to make it super simple so it's not hard to post or anything. I was literally just using my phone and tablet for that, you know? But I said, like, I'm going to uh, keep improving it. And that's what I'm doing, you know? So I'm definitely going to carry on with that, get some good guests on it. Um, Obviously, I'm uh, improving my services at, at this point as well, in terms of my uh, calisthenics um, training. Uh, working on my music, so got a lot of stuff going on. but <laughs> It's really exciting stuff, and we'll see where it gets me, really. Mm,
0: and it's great. And, um, you know, you've got so much happening. And you mentioned you're halfway through the process, and, you know, you feel like you're in a transition. What does, you know, what does a transition mean to you? What is that growth process? And... You know like do you have a set outcome or do you think that there are multiple stages to your growth and this is right now one of them but not the ultimate one you know what i mean
1: well um i'm when i say like i'm halfway through this is more like where i want to be by the end of this year or so so it's like fairly short term because so mm. i've got ideas smaller for what i want to do more long term which is going to build up on everything that i do now but um, because honestly, like six months ago, I was here in Sweden. Well, I moved here from the UK. I lived for like six years or so. And I was in a point where my girlfriend left me. I had no freaking money, no social security number. I've been here a bit too long, you know, so they could have deported me or something. But since then, I was like, damn, I'm going to make it happen. There's no way I'm going to go back to the UK or... Or fail in some way, and everything had turned around for me, you know, because I really believe believed in myself. So now I'm, you know, doing doing all these things alongside a full time job, which pays me like pretty pretty damn well, you know. So yeah, it's tough at times because you gotta let go of some of the stuff of the past, which is many times pretty hard. Even letting go of your concept of yourself, who you are, changing your identity. I'm not this, but I'm something better than that, you know, moving towards greater things. So that can be painful. Um, Like overcoming overcoming yourself to do do certain things you want to, but you got the resistance there. It's also not easy, but it's pretty damn worth it, you know? So it's it's a mixture, you know? It can be painful, but it's very satisfying at the end. Especially when you when you see the progress, when you see results, things are going the way you want it. Sometimes, even if they don't go it's exactly the way you want them, a few months later, or a few years, maybe even weeks later, you're gonna be like, "Damn, that was the best thing that could have happened to me," mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, a lot of work to do, but I'm glad that everything's working out the way it is. I'm super grateful for everything.
0: I'm glad to hear, man and what you said there is absolutely correct you know it's we don't see things that happen as we we, we have things that come up in the future and you know we see them as obstacles but they can also be opportunities and if you learn to not view things as a point of resistance but view things as something you can learn or grow upon there's no cap you know there's no ceiling to your growth my growth or anyone's growth the only cap is the limitation in your mind. Where do you want to stop? If you wish to stop somewhere, then that's fine. But if you wish to continue growing and learning and expanding your boundaries, you can do it your whole life. And I think, you know, that's that's a major component of life too. It's really just exploring and learning as much as possible and then giving that back, as we mentioned at the very start.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. man. You got to believe in yourself. I'll give you an example. Like uh, my dad, may you rest in peace, he had this mindset that nothing's really working out for me, you know, and uh, nothing really did work out for him, you know, and his, the way he passed away and everything, it's, uh, yeah, it's the total opposite of what I'm experiencing now, because I'm like, I can do this, you know, there's no, like, like you were saying, there's no limitation to what I can do, if I want to achieve something, I'm going to get it, you know, and the results that I'm seeing in my life are exactly the opposite of what I saw in my dad. you know. So having the right mindset and uh, just giving you your best, it's going to pay off.
0: The universe tends to help those that help themselves first. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely that resistance mindset. If you think that you're going to fail or if you think that you're not going to do something, that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, why would it be any other way? If you really think about it, why would it be any other way? Your Whatever's going on inside here is literally building what you do on the outside. And the problem is, like when you mentioned in the case of your father, is when you spend so long building into that mindset, it gets rooted into your psychology. And then every action is underpinned by that particular emotion and that expectation.
1: Yeah, and even when bad things happen or you perceive, perceive them as bad It's better to see, like you said, like this is an opportunity. It's an invitation for me to go to overcome something like that. And once I'm on the other side, I'm going to get stronger. You know, I'm going to learn something from it. So even if it's not like an external thing, like it is an opportunity from the universe that's forming it at you, even if it's not like that, even just seeing things like that in your mind, like this is an opportunity, it's a way better mindset to have.
0: Absolutely. And then the world's your oyster. You know, there's always going to be difficulties. There's always going to be things, but it just depends how you approach it. Everything yeah. has a solution. Well, nearly everything. But it just depends how you see it. So, man, I think it's about time to cap the IG life. You know, we've discussed a range of topics. It's always been amazing to chat to you, Elvis. But yeah, I just likewise. want to share. Sorry?
1: Likewise.
0: Yeah, man. And I just want to share with everyone that um, Elvis is doing an amazing challenge right now. Elvis is doing a challenge called three is it three thousand for shelter?
1: Three thousand push ups in April for Shelter UK. That's
0: the one. Yep. Yeah, so actually it's better off if you explain to the audience service exactly what you're going through.
1: Yeah, for everyone who wants to join, you you're supposed to do one hundred push ups every day throughout the entirety of April. Right? So altogether it's three thousand push ups. Obviously if you do a few less push-ups one day. If you do more push-ups the other day, whatever, <laughs> you know, even if you do just 10 a day, it's all good. You know, you can go to my uh, Facebook. I'm going to actually post an update today or tomorrow about it. So you can find the fundraiser there and feel free to join. You know, I'm going to do, like I said, on the 20- 26th of April, a local gym in Sheleftia. I'm going to be doing all 3,000 3, push-ups in a few hours over there. You know, I've done, you know, uh, two years ago, I've done 2,000 pull-ups in like six and a half hours, also for, also for charity. So, yeah, I hope you join, this, join the challenge. It's an amazing initiative. I've been seeing
0: the Facebook group and it's been uh, it's been going off. Some There's been some negative stuff going on too, but equally positive, you know. People that have been really choosing different journeys. Like, there was one person today who said he was chosen to revolutionize his fitness because seen what he's capable of in training for this so i think that's really cool so for everyone listening if you'd like to donate to elvis cause or even join elvis's cause uh feel free to check out his instagram and uh you'll be able to see what he's up to all right elvis it's been a pleasure having you on man and i also want to say it's a pleasure for having everyone here thank you to everyone who tuned in hopefully you gained some insights on purpose self-belief and i hope you walk away with a purposeful mindset i'll speak to you all very soon thanks elvis thanks and thanks everybody me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Mind Access Connection. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. If you would like to view the Instagram Live replay, you can do so from my Instagram handle, Mind Access Life Coaching. If you would like to learn more about my work, feel free to check out my website in the links below, mindaccesslifecoaching.com.au, where you can explore more of my work, grab my free ebook,
1: and also learn more about my media appearances. And that's all for now. Till next time.